Hello and welcome back to our study session on the book of Ezekiel. And today we are dealing with chapter 5. I mean one of the uh, signs that Ezekiel is using to portray the punishment that is going to come upon the people of God. And by the way, if you happen to be uh, blessed by this video or if you like this video, don't forget to like and also subscribe by pressing that subscribe button and also enabling the notification by pressing that notification bell. so that you will be notified of all the blessed messages that will be uploaded to this channel so ezekiel chapter 5 and by the way uh, have a pen and a paper ready because uh, towards the end of this session we are we are going to see some interesting calculations uh, as i told you in my previous session i'll be bringing to your uh, attention some interesting calculations with res- with regard to the years the 430 years so make sure that you have a pen and a piece of paper and uh, i would advise you to jot all these down pause the video and jot these things down so that you can use this for your further study of god's word so chapter 5 and you son of man take a sharp sword and take it as a barber's razor and pass it over your head and your beard then take scales to weigh and divide the hair sword the word for sword used is kerab and uh, he is instructed the prophet is instructed to pass it over your head and your beard this gives the meaning of wiping the city clean of its people we see this idea in isaiah as well as in jeremiah chapter 41 and god instructs ezekiel to take scales to weigh and divide which is another way of uh, putting it like god's justice is always fair and precise and hair hair and beard see hair was a sign of consecration for a priest during those old testament covenant times therefore it was a shame to shave the hair of a priest that symbolized the woe the nazarites took and it was also a sign of mourning according to job 1 and isaiah and jeremiah and also it was a sign of disaster this shaving this hair it was a sign of calamity and disaster as we see in jeremiah chapter 41 so ezekiel is instructed to take the scales conveying the idea of just apportioning or dividing of god's punishment allotted to each part so he was to divide the hair into three parts and what was done to each part symbolized what will eventually happen to the israelites you shall burn with fire one third in the midst of the city when the days of the siege are finished then you shall take one third and strike around it with the sword and one third you shall scatter in the wind i will draw out a sword after them so he should burn the first third with fire the second third he should chop cut with the sword and the last third he should scatter away in the wind the last third actually was scattered and this group included those who went down to egypt among whom jeremiah also was taken so judgment of the three parts the three divisions one third of the hair 
was to be burnt symbolizing the destruction by pestilence and famine the second third was to be killed by the sword by the enemies the third part was to be scattered in the wind depicting depicting the scattered is exiles compare this with the judgment of thirds which we see in revelation chapter 8 verses 7 to 12 see in the uh, revelation chapter 8 which uh, mentions about the trumpet judgments the last three are the three woes but the first four are the judgment of the thirds where we see a third of this a third of that a third of the other you know judgment is divided upon every third part so i just told that for a comparative study those who are interested in comparative study with the book of revelation you shall also take a small number of them and bind them in the edge of your garment then take some of them again and throw them into the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire from there a fire will go out into all the house of israel garment that signifies ezekiel's robe that priestly robe which he was wearing so the small remnant of people who returned to the city is symbolized by the few hairs that ezekiel puts in his robe we are going to see this in ezekiel 6 and 9 and also in the 11th chapter the word for garment now i did a study on that and i found out that the word for garment is the hebrew word kanaf which is actually translated as wing edge winged border extremity skirt corner of garment and interesting enough is this same word kanaf is used for the wings of the cherubim which we saw earlier in chapter 1 you know this word kanaf itself is actually seen 108 times in the old testament 74 times it is translated as wing 14 times as skirt two times as corners two times as borders two times as ends two times as winged two times as feathered two times as sort and eight in other miscellaneous way so why do i say it's the same word for the wings in uh, wings for cherub in ezekiel 1 wings do not necessarily mean what we normally understand by that word so the wings of the cherubim in ezekiel 1 uh, as i told you before they are all multi dimensional creatures so wings uh, it might uh, be something else so have that in mind so the portrayal of the wings or the wings of the cherubim the same word used for uh, the robe of ezekiel here so those description of wings in chapter 1 for the cherubim's wings uh, it may be some something different so fire one of the expressions is being tried by fire silver and gold as you know are refined by fire so in ezekiel's prophecy israel is being refined by fire and the fire he is the tribulation the tribulation of god upon the people of god so fire being used as a method of refining is used throughout scripture for example the fiery furnace in daniel and god says the phrase and they shall know that i am the lord 
he says that 54 times in ezekiel so the book's whole theme ezekiel's whole theme is the recognition that god alone is god ezekiel is pointing out to the people of god that they should repent of their idolatry otherwise they are going to face judgment but in spite of his warning and uh, uh, and uh, prophecies they don't listen to him therefore judgment falls upon that people in order to show them and also the nations around them that the lord alone is god we see this similar thing in zechariah chapter 13 verses 8 and 9 isn't it the same thing that we see even today now god's true servants his apostles or his prophets or his teachers or his pastors you know they warn the people of god but despite their warnings the people of god choose no they 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 want to continue in their way of life in their sinful way of life they don't want to abandon the things that displease god and in the similar way that god judged those israelites even today god will send punishment upon those people who are not heeding his warnings through his chosen servants and why does god send judgment in order to bring the people back in order to bring the church back it is not to just crush and throw them away in order to bring them back and in spite of those warnings if they are not still coming back just as the northern kingdom was wiped away god will throw such kind of people away from his plan let's come back thus says the lord god this is jerusalem i have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her the many consider jerusalem as the center point of the world in fact it is the land piece that connects africa asia and europe so jerusalem was the center of god's gracious choice and protection and care we see this idea in exodus chapter 19 deuteronomy chapter 7 god's special providential selection and protection upon jerusalem she has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries that are all around her for they have refused my judgments and they have not walked in my statutes God's people Jerusalem has rebelled so much the seriousness of Israel's sin is so high we see this in Ezekiel chapter 16 and also portrayed in Jeremiah chapter 2 and 18 so people sin such so much God is fed up therefore thus says the Lord God because you have multiplied disobedience more than the nations that are all around you have not walked in my statutes nor kept my judgments nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you therefore thus says the lord god indeed i even i am against you and will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations and i will do among you what i have never done and the like of which i will never do again because of all your abominations there's an interesting phrase there i will do among you what i have never done and the like of which i will never do again because of all your abominations there is a similar usage 
in Daniel chapter 12 which is quoted by Jesus where he refers to that period as the great tribulation a time which the world has never seen before and which will be seen no more in the future such a exclusive time god wants to justify his holiness before the whole world he wants to show that he is absolutely holy and just in his judgments we see that throughout this book in ezekiel and this will include god's punishments upon israel never seen before and jeremiah describes all this in lamentations chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 4 therefore fathers shall eat their sons in your midst and sons shall eat their fathers and i will execute judgments among you and all of you who remain i will scatter to all the winds that's the jewish diaspora being predicted by ezekiel see cannibalism fathers eating sons and parents eating their children we see this portrayed in second kings chapter 6 as well as leviticus chapter 26 where god says that such punishments will be for his people such horrific events had been foretold by moses himself in deuteronomy chapter 28 you know they were confirmed by jeremiah in his descriptions in lamentations chapter 2 as well as in chapter 4 now we cannot imagine what the people went through people eating their children mothers eating their children the horrific scene which befell the people of god we cannot imagine with our minds what those people went through it's so so horrific they were so desperate that they even ate their own children the seriousness of sin and the punishment so horrific therefore as i live says the lord god surely because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations therefore i will also diminish you my eye will not spare nor will i have any pity we're going to see this in detail in chapter 8 and diminish you there's a uh, structure there which is withdraw my eye or turn my head away god says that he is going to turn his head away from the plight of his children one third of you shall die of the pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst and one third shall fall by the sword all around you and i will scatter another third to all the winds and i will draw out a sword after them now these judgments were referred to in the same chapter verse 2 and we see the same thing in jeremiah chapter 14 verse 12 also and these judgments are not limited to sedekiah's time alone consider the nazi holocaust one third of the jews living at that time suffered the nazi holocaust in germany how many jews were around before 1939 around 18 million how many were killed in the nazi holocaust roughly 6 million one third so zechariah chapter 13 verse 8 9 describes a time wherein i mean called as the great tribulation wherein two out of three jews will be killed two thirds are going to die 
so this pattern which we see here is kind of a, a, a forward looking a, 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 a description that the pattern of which will be seen in the future also thus shall my anger be spent and i will cause my fury to rest upon them and i will be avenged and they shall know that i the lord have spoken it in my seal when i have spent my fury upon them this solemn declaration i the lord have spoken it appears throughout this book you know it is scattered across different verses in this book and also in many other places with a similar construction i the solemn i i the lord have spoken it moreover i will make you a waste and a reproach among the nations that are all around you in the sight of all who pass by so it shall be a reproach a taunt a lesson and an astonishment to the nations that are all around you when i execute judgments among you in anger and in fury and in furious rebukes i the lord have spoken when i send against them the terrible arrows of famine which shall be for destruction which i will send to destroy you i will increase the famine upon you and cut off your supply of bread so i will send against you famine and wild beasts and they will bereave you pestilence and blood shall pass through you and i will bring the sword against you i the lord have spoken you see the four acts of judgment famine wild beasts pestilence and sword they are also seen in ezekiel chapter 14 verse 20 in fact all these were foretold in leviticus and also in deuteronomy where god says that all these punishments will befall you if you do not do not obey my word and a pattern like this is seen in revelation chapter 6 also so these judgments upon israel have great significance for the world for israel herself and also for the remnant who are going to come back to that city so the concept of remnant we're going to touch upon that topic concept of remnant this concept became the major point of prophecy in the old testament wherein we see biblical prophecy this concept the remnant concept will be seen right from the fall of jerusalem in 587 bc onwards but actually we see this idea of remnant from genesis itself look at the flood during noah's time the whole world perished but only eight people were saved by god four men and four women that is the concept of remnant right from genesis itself as we go through scripture historically and prophetically we see this concept often in isaiah chapter 6 the stump referring to the root of jesse is actually a prophecy that remnant which god make sure that's you know that the remnant stays upon this earth so the remnant is gathered not from babylon but from all the nations this concept of remnant will be linked with promises of restoration so as to restore them back to the promised land and when they are called back to their land the second time as we see in isaiah chapter 11 that would be the final time because the second time that is the last time 
it was from may 14 1948 onwards that's how relevant so we should keep in mind that how relevant the times that we are living in which is all i mean the time that we are living in it's connected with biblical prophecy in many ways interesting times that we are living in so watch jerusalem in prophecy towards the end of chapter 5 god declares on jerusalem the four phases of punishment by famine wild beasts pestilence and sword and according to ezekiel it is actually the torah the first five books of moses upon which these judgments are based on god had told in leviticus 26 that all these kind of judgments will fall upon you if you are not obedient unto my instructions so how are these 430 days or 430 years understood we see in ezekiel chapter 4 and chapter 5 the number of years that they are going to suffer as part of the judgment of god how are these years understood so dear people of god this is a special bonus part the 430 days historical or prophetic some scholars have said the number referred to 430 years of gentile rule beginning with jehoachin's exile in 597 bc ending in 167 bc the year the maccabean revolt began this view actually has several problems the first is there is no indication that 597 bc should be used as a starting point instead of 592 bc the year ezekiel actually began prophesying or instead of 586 bc the year the city jerusalem actually fell the second problem is this view does not explain why 390 years were assigned to israel they had gone into captivity to assyria in 722 bc 125 years before 597 bc when the time assigned to them actually began and the third reason is it is not clear that 167 bc actually was the year israel was released from the yoke of syria that year actually was the beginning of the struggle so coming to 390 years the 390 years in reference to the sin of israel was somewhat specific being the years from the setting up of the calves by jeroboam that is from 975 bc to 585 bc roughly approximately the year of the babylonian captivity and the 40 years of judah could refer to that part of manasseh's 55 year rule in which he had not repented and which we are clearly told was the cause of god's removal of judah even though josiah's reformation had actually taken place still all these are approximations by which commentators try to explain the 390 and the 40 years now on the th- 390 days or as we saw in the septuagint where it refers to that period as 190 There is wide disagreement among scholars. The penalties of Israel and Judah would have been concurrent, running on a same level for the last 40 years. But when does this period actually start? That's the question. From the end of the monarchy in 922 BC 
to the return in 538 BC is 384 years which is close to 390 years maybe this can be looked upon as a period of iniquity and punishment for the northern kingdom israel and in the books of the kings the total length of the reigns of the kings of juda from rehoboam to zedekiah is given as 394 and a half years but this period cannot be connected with israel the northern kingdoms iniquity or punishment you see the problem so if we take the period from the destruction by tiglath pileser which is seen in second kings chapter 15 in 734 bc to the exile we get 148 years which would be close to the 150 years which we see in the septuagint of ezekiel chapter 4 verse 5 and also from the fall of samaria in 721 bc the northern kingdom to 538 bc is 183 years which is close to the number of 190 years in the septuagint which we see in ezekiel chapter 4 verses 5 and 9 i mean all these are speculations which many commentators are putting forth so coming to the 40 years from the fall of jerusalem in 586 bc to the first return of the exiles in 538 bc is 48 years which might approximately represent the duration of the punishment of the house of juda 48 years 40 years now the sins of the house of juda were those which they were guilty of during the last 40 years before their captivity and some say that this is from the 13th year of josiah when jeremiah began to prophesy and some others say that this is from the 18th year when the book of the law was found and the people of god renewed their covenant with the lord and some others hold that the 40 years may refer to the 40 years in the wilderness god had warned these people of god that he will bring them back to egypt not egypt literally but a bondage similar to that what they encountered in egypt we see this in deuteronomy as well as in hosea now god will reduce them to a kind of new egyptian slavery or new egyptian bondage and he will show or depict that to the world and in that israel will be kept in judgment for a longer period than juda this is what another commentator says so coming to the total of 430 years the 390 years of punishment appointed for israel and 40 years of juda cannot refer to the siege of jerusalem because that siege is referred to in ezekiel chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 which is restricted to that literal siege but which follows the whole pattern of punishment upon the people of god so the sum of 390 and 40 is 430 years which is actually famous in the history of the nation of israel because they were slaves in egypt for a period of 430 years we see this in exodus chapter 12 and also referred to in galatians chapter 3 so coming to this period of 430 or 390 and 40 why did god choose the numbers 390 and 40 that's the question for us the days we saw in chapter 4 verse 5 represent the years of their sin 
and each day corresponds to a year in Israel's as well as in Judah's history. So the question is, were the years past or future? If they refer to the past, Ezekiel was referring to the number of years Israel and Judah had sinned before this judgment. And if they refer to the future, Ezekiel was indicating the number of years the nation would be oppressed by Gentiles after falling to Babylon. 430 years. That's what we, what we are looking at. 430 years of judgment. We saw that in chapter 4. Everyone knows that the people of God spent 70 years as the captivity period in Babylon. So from 430, we have to subtract 70 and we get 360 unaccounted years. Because after that period, they came back to their own land. So 360 unaccounted years. There is an interesting uh, area in the Bible which is in Leviticus chapter 26 where God says four times after all this if you do not obey me then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. So multiply that 360 by seven you will get 2520 years. which is actually on a hebrew calendar and we know that hebrew calendar had only 360 days in a year so converting that to our year which is 2483 years 9 months and 21 days on a 365 day year calendar and we are going to adjust for some calendar reforms so when the gregorian reform was done 11 days were removed because they adopted the leap year formula and when leap years are taken into account in that period we find that 621 day leap year days are computed but every 400 years in this gregorian system we see that extra 3 days are added so effectively 6 cycles will be in 2483 years which will have 18 extra days which are too many so we saw that 11 days were already removed so additionally 7 more need to be removed so effectively we get a sum of 614 days so 614 days and 2483 years on our calendar is 905295 days 9 months which are 270 days and 21 days so add it all up we get 907200 days on the hebrew calendar now we are going through this because these two calendars need to be harmonized that's reason so the servitude of the nation i touched upon this in the previous session and i told you that i had interesting calculations for you so the servitude of the nation or the captivity period 70 years which is 25200 days which are on our calendar 69 years less 2 days so 606 bc that's the time when that captivity started the first siege 606 bc onwards if you compute 69 years you get the figure or the year 537 bc 
so if july 23rd 537 bc was the their release you compute 2483 years 9 months and 21 days from that date and uh, mind you you have to add a 1 because there is no year zero between bc and ad so compute all that and you will arrive at the date may 14 1948 and what's the speciality of that date on that date the nation of israel was reestablished amazing isn't it so now you are seeing the chart see that period the captivity period or the servitude of the nation ended at the time of the decree of cyrus we saw that in the previous session and if you compute 2520 years from that decree of cyrus period we will exactly get may 14 1948 so the restoration of the nation so servitude of the nation restoration of the nation but what about jerusalem it worked wonderfully for the nation as a whole but what about jerusalem the nation's capital so we got to see the times of the gentiles if 2520 years from the end of the captivity period we reached at the date of may 14 1948 if we compute 2520 years from the end of the desolation of jerusalem what date will we arrive at that's the question that's the interesting part see luke 21 verse 24 says that jesus says they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations and jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled if we study the history of israel checked upon all this in history i found out that even after 1948 even in the six day war israel got access to the city jerusalem but even till now they don't control that city they don't control jerusalem so right from that period i mean right after the desolation of jerusalem ended israel has not gained access or control real control over the city jerusalem so the decree of attacks ended the desolation of jerusalem period and that same decree kick started the 70 weeks of daniel period so if we calculate 2520 years from that decree of artaxerxes time wherein the desolation of jerusalem was stopped was halted if we calculate that remaining 2520 years we should arrive at the restoration of jerusalem and what date could that be the duration of the times of the gentiles according to luke 21 24 in history the decree of artaxerxes you know issued to nehemiah we see that as march 14th 445 bc if we compute that 2483 years and 9 months and 21 days from that date and again we have to add 1 because there is no year zero between bc and ad we will arrive at the date january 5th 
the time of Jesus return and if we subtract 7 years from that date we will arrive at January 5th 2033 which is the latest date for the harpazo or the rapture and don't get shocked we are not setting dates you may ask are you setting dates absolutely not i told you the latest date because as we all know jesus himself said no man knows that time or the hour only the father in heaven knows that exact time god has kept that precise moment as a surprise but i thought of showing you all this as i came across this the latest date if this calculation is legitimate now even if this may be exact or maybe you know varying don't miss the big thing and what's that jesus can come back sooner that than you and i think especially as we know that the gog magog invasion is so close the rapture is even more close we are seeing all those things in our strategic trends update in the same channel so don't forget to subscribe to this channel you will get all those episodes also as notifications why do i say the rapture is so close because there are a lot of events to happen between the rapture and the beginning of the 70th week of daniel for example the rise of babylon to a world power the revealing of the antichrist and his rise to power so as to enforce that seven year peace treaty in the land of israel all those events take time that's why i say that there is a time gap between the rapture and the start of the 70th week of daniel and the longer it takes it's good for all of us because it gives us a little more time to be earnestly serving our master to do the work of the lord and to prepare ourselves for the coming of the lord praise the lord for that So as we come to this session's close I want you to go through this chapter again maybe you can go through all these calculations again study God's word and for the next session I want you to read chapters 6 and 7 because Ezekiel has acted out his four signs in chapters 4 and 5 and he is going to deliver two great sermons which we are going to see in chapters 6 and 7 let's close this session with a word of prayer father we thank you for the privilege to know and understand your word and as we are trying to understand your word lord help us to obediently walk with you lord help us not to rebel like your people did help us to obey you at your word forgive us for all our shortcomings we have acted contrary to your word lord forgive us lord Wash us once more with your precious blood. Renew us by your Holy Spirit. And as we expectantly look to your coming Lord, help us to earnestly engage in the things that please you and to prepare ourselves for your coming. And to that extent, we commit ourselves into your loving hands. Bless all my hearers, O Lord. Thank you, Father, for hearing and answering us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we humbly pray. Amen. Amen.